Hello, Polyam fam, and welcome to Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. This is your podcast for ethically navigating your relationships, your community, and yourself for a healthier and happier lifestyle. This is Bella Doll. She is my sunshine full of giggles. And this is Joshua Monsuda, the logic to my emotion and the chaos to my order. So now you know us. Pull up a seat and let's talk our poly off. Hello, Polly M fam, and welcome to the one about the relationship escalator. <laughs> For those who don't know, I'm a huge Friends fan, so the one about is a thing of mine. <laughs> yeah, it is. So the relationship escalator. Um, most of us tend to grow up seeing that relationships are supposed to go from courting and dating to maybe being exclusive and then the proposal and marriage and babies and house and all the things that you're supposed to follow along. But have you ever considered doing relationships differently? Maybe more on your own terms versus society's terms? We're going to start that conversation here today. I'm Bella. And I'm Monsida. And this is Talk Your Poly Off, presented by ilovepoly.org. In addition to discussing the traditional relationship escalator, we'll also look at other non-escalator milestones, ways of measuring depth and maturity of your relationships, and find out if you can get back on once you've gotten off. <laughs> but first, Bella, how have you been? Oh, man. Well, first of all, I'm still dealing with some gnarly knee pain, even just sitting here while we're recording. <laughs> yeah. I'm pretty sure I tore something back in May at my sister's wedding. So the knee pain is getting to me. And then today is what, like 88 degrees outside? Yeah. <laughs> so man, my feet are swollen. But in general, I'm good. I'm working on some weight loss. So this last week was, I go to a, a Weight Watchers meeting mm -hmm. every week. Had a great meeting. I love the gals uh, that go, that attend my weekly. Um, I've also been working on our Patreon page and setting that up. So that's been pretty good. Uh, it's not live yet. It's not completed. But that'll be in the works and coming. What about you? What have you been up to? I have been, for anyone that's been paying any attention to our episodes, I've been trying to navigate through the loss or the adjustment of a long-term relationship. Mm -hmm. My wife and I split in November. And we took some time off and we're trying to rebuild in a way that's healthy for us today. Yeah. So last week I went and spent some time with my wife and we had a great time. We hung out, we played Pokemon down by the river and, you know, just kind of worked on our relationship. Also, you and I were going to go out and we were going to do a D&D &D thing. Mm, that's right. At a local nerd bar. Yep. But it was full, so yeah. we missed out on that. But we still wanted to be a little nerdy, so I <laughs> surprised you and drove you into Portland yeah. to another nerd bar that I know of or heard of, and we explored that bar together. Yeah. It was the Outrage down in downtown Portland. Tons of video game stuff, awesome drinks. Super cool place. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. So, I've, aside of that, I've just been... Doing what I do. Yep. Oh, we did a little Pokemoning too. We went down to the new the new Vancouver waterfront. Vancouver waterfront down downtown Vancouver. Uh huh. Hadn't been down there yet, and we got to meet up with a gal that we've known online for uh -huh. a little bit. So that was fun. She's in some of our localish groups. Yeah, getting to put a real person to a profile online is always a good time. It is always a good time. Yeah. And they have that cool overhang above the water now down there. Yeah. So it was fun to walk out onto that weird here thing. Yeah, and that boat was coming towards us. <laughs> right, right. That was fun. That was a good time. So yeah, there's there's been some fun, there's been some adventure, and there's been a lot of work. Yeah, sounds like a pretty typical week around here. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. So let's talk about relationship escalators. This is something, this is a term which you may be hearing for the first time. So, I never heard it till I was in poly circles. Like, it just wasn't a thing I really knew. I mean, it was a thing you knew, but you didn't know. Right, I didn't have the term for it. And that's a lot of things in polyamory, is that you know it, or you are aware of it, you just didn't have the term for it. Yeah, I didn't know what it was called. So, for those of you that are listening, if you 
are not aware of what the term means. According to Urban Dictionary, which is kind of one of my favorite dictionaries, <laughs> it's honestly. It's go-to. It's, well, I actually use a Webster Merriam, and I yeah. do use dictionary.com. But a lot of times, for the sake of this stuff, I like going to the <laughs> Urban Dictionary because it's not always PC, and sometimes it's just funny. It's funny. <laughs> but in this one, they kind of nailed it. According to Urban Dictionary, a relationship escalator is the social expectation that a romantic relationship should automatically follow a set of steps and lead to marriage, parenthood, home ownership. So many people get on the relationship escalator once they meet someone they're interested in. The escalator leads to key life milestones, including stuff like we've said before, like marriage and becoming a parent and purchasing a home or really co-signing on anything, any big sort of purchase, like a car or a boat. I personally would vote for a boat. Uh, These established milestones on the escalator can vary, like I said, boat for me. But typically they include this dating exclusively period, then you jump into the more serious sexual relationship, and maybe moving in together and cohabitating. And then once couples reach the top of that relationship escalator, they're expected to remain there together in a monogamous relationship until, as the marriage vows say, till death do they part. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so that's the basic understanding of what the relationship escalator means. Right. And as we're getting into this episode, I do want to stop right here and say this specifically. If you are on or wanting to be on the relationship escalator and that makes you happy, do Do that. that. You want your relationship to work in a certain way? That's wonderful. We're all trying to make the best with what we want and what we have. No one should tell us any different. So if this escalator thing works for you, we're not here to tell you to change. None of what we discuss is intended to demand that people change their minds, nor is any of what we have to say the right and only way to relationship. We're just having a discussion and hopefully educating so that people can make better choices for themselves about themselves. A lot of the times we grow up seeing obviously what our parents' relationships look like or what the media shows us relationships look like. So we don't know that there are alternatives out there. Right. So we're only here talking about our experiences. We would never tell you how to do it. You do your thing your way. We're just letting people know there are alternatives and that everybody's is okay. Right. And I've personally run across plenty of people that are like, this is exactly what I want. I want to find someone that I can have my happily ever after. And me and that one person are going to do this and we're going to do this and it's going to be like this and we're going to have this and it will be till death do us part. And that's great. Find that if you find someone, when you find someone that wants to do that with you and you guys do that, yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad. And I really hope the best for everyone who finds what they're looking for, no matter what it looks like. We just believe in love. Love how you want to love. But with that in mind, we are discussing relationship escalators. Yes. So, I mean, thinking back to monogamous type structures, Mm -hmm. what are the typical relationship escalator milestones when you're in a relationship that's monogamous? I think when I'm joking around about it, I defer to like, oh, the typical lifestyle stuff you want. (laughs) A wife and a two-car garage and uh, 2.6 kids. <laughs> Almost the same number. <laughs> 2.6 kids. I don't, you know, you don't We're want a full three. <laughs> just 0.6. You want the white picket fence. You want a picket. dog named Sparky. <laughs> Whatever it is that you're going for. Yeah. You want the, I don't know, the sitcom version My of... My friends. Friends. Yeah. No, they weren't, they weren't relationships. Monica and Chandler, they did. They dated in secret, and then they came out publicly, and then they said, I love you, and then they moved in together. Okay. They totally did. And then they even bought the house in the suburban town outside the city. Joey made fun of them because he was like, now they're going to buy a Volvo. Okay, hold on. (laughs) We don't need to recap an entire TV show. (laughs) I know you love it. Prime example of the relationship escalator. Just saying. What, Chandler and Monica? Yeah, their relationship. Okay. We'll go with that. <laughs> so what are what what are some relationship escalator milestones? It usually starts out with initial interest. Maybe going on a couple of dates. Courting. Courting. I love, I love that term. Courtship. Courtship. Then it becomes exclusive dating. Do you yeah. want to go steady? 
now. No, no, it's like the nineteen fifties. <laughs> like, wear my Letterman jacket. Here's my. Can I pin you? Can I pin you? Yeah, I don't know. I feel like that was a thing in Greece. I don't know. I never watched Greece. No. no, but you're right. I mean, like you're you're looking for reasons to meld into each other. So you're gonna exclusively date. Yeah. And then. Maybe sex is a thing. The first time deciding to have sex. Yeah, that's a big step. That is a big step. Also, what would what would be a step between going steady and moving in? Maybe sitting down to dinner with your parents, like introducing someone to a parent. Oh, or your or friends. family and friends. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Got to get along with my friend circle. <laughs> right. That is a good one. Mm-hmm. And. So then there's moving in, maybe getting a pet together. Yeah. Which is hard. That's, that's again, another big one. Because what if you break up? Then there's the custody battle of the animal. Which I know I've seen many times. Yeah. Uh, and then where do you go from there? So we're living together. We've got this dog. Our friends and family know everything. Clearly the next step is that you better pop the question. Right. Right. You better pop the question. So there's engagement. And in marriage... And I, I imagine, back to the engagement, like, the guy's got to feel pressure, right? Society says the guy has to propose, and after living together in that... Even if she never puts pressure on him, I imagine internally, because of society, he starts to feel pressure. I guess it's time. I should. Right, right. Hmm. Well, and basically, we are all conditioned, in a way... Right. ...to know that the next step has to happen... And when do we take that step? Even though we're perfectly happy and content where we are, let's push it to the next step up. Right. So then from there, you're going to get married. Yep. Uh, have some kids. Pop 2.6. 2.6 kids. And and it should, in theory, go in this order, essentially. Right. right. I mean, that's the way that historically the milestones happen on the escalator. And we, we understand that as times change and we grow as society, like some of this changes, right? So a lot of people live together before marriage. A lot of people have kids before marriage, but we're just talking as an overall stance of the escalator. So please don't take it as us saying you have to get married before you have kids. That's not what we're doing here. So then you're going to buy a house and then you guys are going to live together. Eventually, you know, as things go on, perhaps your milestones become your 15, your 20, your 25, your 30 anniversary. Kids go to college. Kids going to college. Wow. Oh, now the kids growing up are your milestones. Right. It's and like then, you lose yourself in it and you have to use the kids' milestones for your milestones. Right. And then maybe that time where you get your RV <laughs> and then retirement mm-hmm. and then the big tombstone. <laughs> yes. I made it to the end. <laughs> right. You spun the wheel and you made it to the end of the game of life. Yeah. There it is. That's the traditional relationship escalator. Yeah. And for those of us practicing consensual non-monogamy, there's quite a few of those steps that we're not going to be able to take or don't want to take mm-hmm. with potential partners. Yeah. Like you and I, we have chosen to go so far as to move in. Mm-hmm. I don't ever want to get married again. Neither do I. And we've mentioned in passing possible, like, future ceremony type things. But, like, I would never legally want to get married again. Right. And I also don't want kids. Right. So there are two steps on this traditional journey, which you and I don't intend to ever take. Right. So where does that leave, like, say you have a partner who's already married and on this journey to a certain degree with another person you know you have a partner that's already married and has a spouse and maybe has kids Mm -hmm. and owns a uh, home owns a home and say that you own your home or that you're happy in where you're renting as an Mm -hmm. example and there is not the move-in and there's not the marriage and there's not the kids and then so already with multiple partners you're not going to be able to take that entire step-by-step journey with everyone that you're dating right and that can be super defeating for some people who are so focused on it you know if you grew up picturing that this means my relationship is successful well now what do i do if i don't hit those is my relationship no longer a success am i failing at this thing am i doing life wrong 
and that's a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. Is is if nothing else, if you're if you're listening to this and you're trying to figure out how the relationship escalator thing applies to you, maybe take a moment and say, wait a minute, how am I measuring the success of my relationships? Right. What makes it successful? Right. And it, and it may not be the white picket fence or the two car garage or the home equity blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. You know, it could be. It could just be that you are setting up to be happy with someone who you choose to spend time with. Yeah. But with that said, every relationship, maybe that's an assumption, almost every relationship has some kind of milestones. Yeah. I mean, I think we all shoot for something. I mean, it's not really a goal, but it's uh, maybe something to look forward to or something that shows... Um, commitment to each other in the relationship without having to be this big marriage proposal. Right. So I recently went on a date and the girl I was with asked what milestones, what I consider relationship advancements for who, for people who are connecting, but not planning to take that big ride. Yeah. So what would you consider a milestone with someone you're not going to take the traditional route with? Well, I I did some poking around, and one of the Facebook groups I'm in um, referred to this um, infographic from another group. So this, some of this feedback here came from the Solo Poly Facebook group, so I want to make sure that they have credit for their suggestions. But I think some of the really good milestones off the escalator are, I mean, things like meeting the family and kids. That's huge. I mean, friends should be in there, too, with the family and kids. Right. A lot of people have kids from existing relationships, and those kids don't get to know the new partner until they reach a certain point, right? Until they're comfortable, until they know them and trust them, and they're in their life for whatever set amount of time the parent has, and then the kids get to meet them. So I think that's a big milestone when you're dating someone who's got family and kids. Yeah, definitely. Uh, We did something recently, and I think this is a big one. Yes, it is. Do you want to say it? No, you go no. ahead. It's exciting for you. Okay, well, one of our big ones that we recently experienced was visiting your partner's hometown, getting to show them where you grew up and where some of these stories that they've heard over the years come from and where you come from. Right. And I got to see your hometown first a year ago or so. Kind of. I've moved around a lot, so you got to see one of the one of them. Yeah. I spent a lot of my time as a youth in. Yeah. And... Bum, bum, bum. It's where you got shot in the face. So I got to see. <laughs> I got to see the house where all those stories came from. Right. So that was really fun for me. And then you know that I love Christmas, so you got to show me all the Christmas lights on all the big houses and mm-hmm. things like that. And then I took you to California, and you got to see all my beach stories and camping stories and stuff like that. And that was a good time. Yeah. So another thing on your list uh, that you got from Solo Poly was exchanging house keys. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a giant exercise in trust. Right? And if you don't want to cohabitate together, mm-hmm. here's a key to my dwelling. Also co-creating something together, mm-hmm. which is what we've done with this podcast. We have. We have our blog and our website will be back up soon. And we have two podcasts. And all of this that's really coming culminating in a business that we're creating together, um, I think it, ge- it gives me a sense of pride and, you know, it's that co-ownership of something. Right. Yeah, definitely. What else? Hmm. Um, what about... Oh, I've got a good one. I've been talking about this for a while, and I don't know if we'll get to it in 2020 because I still want to take you camping, but a shared experience in something like a convention. So we've done this, the stuff like Crypticon and mm-hmm. Comic Cons. I want us to share an experience at a personal development convention. I think that would be super fun. And I think that would be just just one of those experiences you wouldn't forget. So like major events. Major events, yeah. Okay. Or even, I mean, that could even be... A um, concert. A concert. A festival. Yeah, it could be like the last point that I'm going to share here is going away together for a weekend. We did that last year for my birthday. You Mm -hmm. took me out to the coast for my birthday. Right. And that's big, especially if you have other partners. To take one partner away for the weekend, that's a long time away from your other partner. So what are some other milestones? I think if we were to riff on this a little bit. Yeah. Milestones you may not think about but are really there. 
uh, when this girl asked what I considered milestones, mm -hmm. we had a couple of good laughs about some of the ideas because one of the other things I think about is maybe something as silly as when you first fart in front of somebody. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> Butterfly bubbles. That's strangely a big deal. It is. It shows vulnerability to somebody. Yeah. And that's a big deal. What it else? means you're relaxed enough around them. Right. <laughs> Stay in the night for the first time. Oh my god. That's a hard one for me. Yeah, you little runaway bride. <laughs> Long story short, first time I stayed over at his place, it took me, what, three tries before three I tries. stayed? Yeah. The first two times, I literally... Hold on, hold on. No, 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 no. The first time we planned it out, she never even got upstairs. She had to go. My anxiety kicked in real hardcore. She cried. She ran out the door. <laughs> I thought the relationship was over. The next night. The next night, because that morning, the next morning, she's like, I just had to work through some things. I'm sorry. I do want to try this. Can we try it again tonight? <laughs> yeah, sure. She comes over. She makes it upstairs. She even gets in the bed <laughs> for 10 minutes. Before she jumps out crying. Yep, yep. Gathering her stuff. <laughs> running away in shame. <laughs> I just... I have a hard time letting people in and being vulnerable around them. And, like, sex is easy, right? Sex is just physical fun, feels good, good time. Being truly vulnerable, like, actually sleeping next to someone where I'm gonna fart and I'm gonna drool and I'm gonna snore and all the things... Nope, I'm out of here. <laughs> and you were. So when the third time came around, was it two days later? Yeah. Because your embarrassment was getting a hold of you. Yeah. You're like, okay, I really can do this. And I'm like, sure you can. <laughs> you want to try it? Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. She actually did it. She made Woo. it. So that was a big milestone for us. Yeah. And clearly a running joke now. <laughs> so we talk about all this stuff and there are some people that just don't care about relationship escalator stuff i mean they might just be happy saying they they're cool spending time with their partner whenever and when they're not that's cool it might be more of a friends with benefits thing where there's not a developing and maturing of something that's there right in a way that people are familiar with romantic involvement or sensual involvement yeah. They like where they're at. Right. And they just want to keep it there. So then the question is, is the escalator important to you? Or is it something you strive for? When do you find yourself wanting it? Or even steering away from it? I personally, I've been on both sides. So early on in my adult dating world, like I got married at 20 years old. And I was all for the relationship escalator. Even though I grew up my whole life being polyamorous and just not knowing what it was. And, um, at the time I was like, man, I'm fighting these urges. I love these other people, but nope, gotta be with this one person. I was fighting for that white picket fence. That was my end game, right? That was my goal. Uh, clearly that didn't work out. <laughs> and even coming out of that into other poly relationships, I think I was still striving for it, right? It was like a goal to become a primary. I'm going to become someone's primary partner. Uh, and as I've grown and learned and just, just developed as a person, I've realized that I don't know that I really want that primary status. There's a lot that goes into that. And I steer away from that relationship escalator these days. I don't want kids. I don't want to legally be married. We live together and I still talk about maybe I'll have my own place someday. You know, yeah, just I, the other day you were talking about your own condo yeah. downtown. <laughs> I don't know how that would work, and that's just a weird thing on my mind, but it doesn't make the relationship any less. We have tons of other milestones that we go for, and we don't share less commitment because we don't chase those milestones. So for me, the escalator doesn't mean anything. I, I suppose in my head I have my own escalator. Like, the day I get to take you to my childhood campground. Yeah. And the day we go to one of the personal development conventions, those are big things for me. 
but me purchasing a home somewhere doesn't affect those, you know? Right, yeah. What about you? So I was in a relationship for over 20 years in which I took that relationship escalator journey. Went down the path, hit all the milestones, maybe didn't get them in the right order, but we hit them. You know, I got married, had two kids with this person, and we did home ownership. We even started a business together, and this was all going in that direction. I've also done relationships where there was absolutely no escalator activity. I had a good period of time when I was younger where it was all just friends with benefits or casual connections. And I didn't want to build on something with any of these people. So I've kind of done this multiple ways. Do you prefer one over the other? Well, over the years and all that's gone on in my life, you know, I'm finding myself in a spot now where I'm reevaluating everything. And I do miss certain aspects of the big escalator. And there are some things about it that I don't care for. I mean, even 10 years into my marriage, I would joke about how the act of marriage is just liking someone enough to get the government involved in your relationship. Right. And that it really didn't mean anything. That's not an aspect of the relationship escalator that I personally care about. Because if you do care enough about somebody, in my view, you don't need to validate it with government documentation. Right. And because we don't live in a day and age where we're marrying for land or titles or dowry the concept of marriage is purely romantic Mm -hmm. and i can think of a ton more romantic things than saying hey baby (laughs) why don't we get the government to do some things with us (laughs) you know so so there's some of it that i do absolutely miss and some of it that i don't really care for yeah. So I do have a question for you, though, seeing yeah. how we're floating around on this subject, is what happens when you find yourself accidentally riding the escalator? You've talked specifically about how you don't want to be a primary and that you do want to have certain things happen. And we were just having a discussion the other day where you kind of were realizing, or it seemed to be, that you were accidentally riding the escalator. Right, I'm finding myself in a primary type role. Right. Where I never really wanted to be. What happens when you realize you're doing that? Now what do you do? Jump the fuck off. All right. I'm out. <laughs> Done. <laughs> oh, that's a tricky one. Because obviously it's not something we were striving for or going for, but it happened. So I think just keeping my milestones in mind and keeping that communication open kind of keeps me on track with where I want my relationship to be, Uh what it looks like for me. I've definitely struggled and I've had moments where I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be the partner that stays at home doing the housework while you go out on a date. Like I was always the one that didn't cohabitate. Uh More in a relationship anarchy type relationship. Right. So to be the one who's like playing the little housewife at home is a challenge for me. Okay. I I just take it one, you know, challenge at a time and overly communicate, you know, when something doesn't feel good or when I want to shoot for something else or how can we change something or alter it. Uh, It's just communication. That's what I do finding myself accidentally in this position that's fair yeah it's been tricky don't get me wrong it's been tricky i have noticed that sometimes my perception is that there are times where you seem perfectly happy with it and then there are other times where it's almost like you're sitting there silently asking yourself what the hell have i gotten myself into?" (laughs) i suppose it varies on the day yeah. What's going on? <laughs> and, you know, it's interesting because like we said earlier, some people love the escalator and they're, or they love pieces of it, like you said. 
But love isn't a one-size-fits-all deal. So while the milestone typical steps may work for some people, they won't work for everyone. And so it's always good to remember that we all love differently and that's okay. And we shouldn't judge everyone for how they're doing it. So escalator or not, maybe you're going to take the stairs and make the escalator your version. What about your version? My version? Well, growing up, the escalator represented security in a relationship. I mean... If you move to the next milestone, you knew your partner was committed and in it for the long term. So as I've grown up and, you know, learned more and dedicated more time to understanding what I want, knowing more about who I am and how I love, I've realized how stepping off the escalator, while it can be quite liberating, can also be really scary. Um, you know, you don't know what's next or how that person feels, but despite the fear, I've personally grown to love my relationships for what they are and where they are and who I'm with. I no longer feel the need to legally marry or have kids or even necessarily move in together. Like if we had another partner, like if I had somebody else that I was seeing, I don't necessarily need them to move in. I'm not going to jump to moving in with them. I've learned really more how to communicate my wants more clearly. And maybe my next big milestone is a week long road trip down to my California camping place that I want to show you. And I just make that known and clear to you, my partner, and then we work towards it like a goal. Uh, they, my milestones just don't need to be all life altering anymore. All right. That's fair. That makes sense. Yeah. So I kind of hit on my escalator journey and it has caused me this whole, this whole episode has caused me to come back to one thing. And before I do that, I'm going to share some statistics or some information with our listeners about divorce. Yeah, hey, I, I fall into that category. I've been there. I've done that. Basically, about 50% of all marriages end in divorce. I know that there have been articles stating that it's 60% and 70% and a lot of inflated statistics make it sound like everyone and their dog is getting divorced. But realistically, it's only about half, and it's steadily been about half, at least since, I don't know, 75, 76, with even actually a slight decrease. Yeah. More people that are married are staying married. Well, with that said, more people are choosing not to get married. Yeah, and I've got a couple friends that I know in the poly community who would typically have gotten divorced, but they've just stayed legally married and they've stayed friends, but they no longer consider each other spouses. Right. So, like, they separated everything financially or maybe even home-wise where they lived, but they've legally stayed married and stayed really good friends. They're just not partner material. Right. So, basically, in America, there's about one divorce every 13 seconds. That's crazy. I mean, and we're not talking about how many marriages there are in it. True, episode. to offset it, yeah. I'm just talking about divorce, and I'm coming around to why I'm talking yeah. about it. So that's basically over 6,000 divorces a day, over 46,000 divorces a week. So, I mean, the survey that you researched online, does it tell you the reasons that people are getting divorced? Yeah, so there's a top five. Essentially, number five is infidelity. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's when yeah. people can't handle just being with one person. Number four is they're no longer attracted to one another, whether that's physically or emotionally or spiritually. I think that's kind of where I fell. We just really, we didn't even like hanging out with each other. We couldn't even remember why we were together in the first place. Yeah. He was a good enough guy, but like we had nothing in common anymore. We just weren't attracted to each other. Right. And then... Abuse mm, yeah. brings up the top three. Yep. Finances are the second most common reason for divorce. Yep. And the top of the list is just poor communication. That's Absolute so lack of big. communication. Yeah. You just don't know how to talk to each other anymore. So what I'm getting at here is that, and because of these, these top five stats, yeah. some of the commonalities are... Essentially, that people are finding that, that the person they're with isn't who they want to be with, or they've changed. 
or they're far different than what they were in the beginning. Right, they've kind of grown apart. People go through changes. Yeah. All this divorce discussion is because when the relationship escalator discussion happens, it's generally from a standpoint of looking forward on the escalator journey. Right. right? You're looking toward the future, and you're trying to see how the journey is going to look. Yeah. But what's often not discussed is the fact that people are constantly changing. Um, as my wife would attest, the man I am now is not the man she married. We actually joked about the many iterations of Monsada last week when we were together. <laughs> but that's the thing. We all change. Just like there were many iterations of me, she went through a number of changes. Bella, yep. you're different than when I met you. Yep. Those of you listening, think back to five years ago, ten years ago, maybe teenager you. The person you start the journey with will continually be replaced by a new person with the same name, with the same face. So I'd like to try to look back on the journey from a couple decades in to try to see what it all means on the other end. And that's why I come up with the divorce. Yeah. Because as it is, as we grow and as we change and as we're reinventing ourselves, we're finding that the person we are 20 years in, 25 years in, isn't always the person that started that journey. Right. And that's... That's a huge deal. That has an effect on your milestones. It really does. You know, if you're not thinking about how we change, day one, we're getting together and hooking up, and we're thinking about the future, and all these fun adventures we're going to go on, and these milestones, and these commitments, and things, you're not thinking about how, okay, great, but what if I'm different right. during that, or what if they've changed, and... You know, are we going to want the same things? So a very prominent example is let's just say that you and I have decided we are going to take that journey and we're getting married and we're planning to have three kids. Oh, God. And we've already got them named. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. No. And we're ready. <laughs> and we have the first kid and oh. things are exciting and we're changing diapers and we're happy about the smell of baby no. poop. And... Being awake at three in the morning again. Why are you dragging me through this? <laughs> right. That's why. That's exactly why. Say we get to where we're having our second kid. Yeah. And we're like, oh, well, we want to plan them three years apart so that blah, blah, blah. And we get to that three-year mark. And <laughs> we're both like, okay, we're still on the same page. I was all about changing the diaper. And now I can teach words to this child right. and you're you're cool with it but it was a lot of work and i don't know how much more i want to be dragged I through know it i want to right so we have our second kid and we don't have you don't have the same exuberance that i do <laughs> right you're not as in it and by the time it's time for the third kid to come around no you've changed your milestone i still want that third kid i'm still ready to go and you are thinking there's no way in hell you're going to have a third kid. Communication. That's a lack of communication. You've got to sit down and reevaluate sometimes. But having the children themselves, that's one of the things that affected change in your behavior. Yeah. It's affected you as a human being. It's one of the reasons why you've changed. So it goes back to the many iterations of Monsada. Now you are a, a bit of a different person than what you were before that first child was born. Right. You know, and the same thing can be held, you know, we're having a great time, we're building towards the future. Maybe you don't want to buy a house in California like we talked about in the beginning. Right. And now you're thinking you just want to get in an RV and roam the country. Yes. But I still want that stability and the roots and the foundation. And I do want to buy a house in California. So maybe we just compromise and get a house in Massachusetts. I was like, so we put an RV in California? <laughs> <laughs> there you go, right? So, again, it's changing. It's behavior changing. It's, it's modification. Maybe even another one, and a big one, which would apply specifically to this episode, mm -hmm. is you start your relationship thinking that the escalator is the way to go. The monogamy path is the path you're following. Mm -hmm. 
And you started falling for someone at work. Dun, dun, dun. And then you find out what open relationships are and swinging and friends with benefits and polyamory. All the things change. And now you bring these concepts home to your partner. And your partner, I might not be totally on board. Like, right. ah, I don't know. There's some security issues I need to deal with. People change. Yeah. Things change in your life that suddenly now you are having infidelity. You might not want to share your relationship that you're having with your office partner. You know. With your living partner. Maybe all this lack of communication. Maybe it's just your goals have changed. Right. Well, and I think communicating the change in goals um, can lead to better, or not better, but different milestones. That relationship escalator could change. You could jump off it with your partner, but you're so afraid to communicate that, that instead you are cheating on them Mm -hmm. or whatever, and then you end up in the statistics of divorce, all because you didn't communicate that you might want to change some of these milestones. Right. Okay, so when this happens and your ride takes you and your partner in different directions, how do you still ride together? Or when do you decide to step off? Are, are you got to weigh out your pros and cons? Are you Is the relationship still worth it for you? And what makes a relationship worth it for you? Because that might be different than what somebody else's worth, mm-hmm. relationship worth is. Okay. Okay, so I mean, like, what what are some of the things that you'd want to ask yourself? Say you're finding yourself in this situation where you've gone pretty far down the escalator. Mm -hmm. Up the escalator? I mean, they go both ways. (laughs) People do go both ways. Right. So you've gone pretty far (laughs) along on the escalator. (laughs) And you're looking back at it, and you are seeing all these great milestones but you're also seeing all of these roadblocks. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of clutter on your escalator. And you're saying it's a personal choice. It's a personal matter. If you could offer our listeners, what are a couple of things that you would encourage them to look for in order to help them with their decisions? I mean, number one, is it safe? Are you in an abusive relationship? Is it a safe relationship? I think that's probably the best advice right there. Yeah, it's, yeah. is it down. safe? And abuse doesn't have to come in the physical form. It can very much be mental and emotional. Are they gaslighting you? Are they narcissistic? And I'm talking about all the time. I mean, I think humans in general have narcissistic tendencies. Uh-huh. So we all have moments of that. But in general, do you feel crazy around them? Right. Do they make you feel crazy? Um, so is it is it safe? Do you still have a good time? Do you wake up in the morning and you're like, I can't wait to adventure with them? Or do you wake up and you're like, oh, fuck, I got to see this person again? Right. So, and I think that's one of the things I have learned is when your life strays so far that you can't remember good times. Right. That's when you need to come together and evaluate and discuss with the partner with which you're having this problem. Every relationship's going to have struggles and bad times, but do the good still outweigh the bad? Right. And if you can't come together with your partner, I mean, I mean, ultimately, after figuring out if it's safe or not, ask yourself, is this someone I want to continue sharing my life with? Right. And that could be a good enough reason in and of itself. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have giant cataclysmic signs to leave a relationship. Are you still enjoying it? Are you still wanting to be a part of it? Are you still wanting this person to be a part of your life? Right. Those are some of the primary factors you ask when you're ready to go along and move forward. You want to intentionally choose your partners and intentionally choose your journey and talk with your partner. Discuss changes when you're starting to notice them or just communicate what your new goals are if they come up. Those are great things that would help a relationship continue if that's what you want it to do. Absolutely. So, I mean, in my opinion, and this is only based off of my experience, um, the traditional style relationship and escalator is pretty tough in a poly setting when you've got multiple partners. It can absolutely be done. I mean, especially if you prescribe to a hierarchy type dynamic with a primary relationship. But in my experience, it tends to lead to some struggles, especially with additional partners involved and 
maybe that secondary being treated like less of a person uh, because of it. They don't get to ride that escalator. So, I mean, if this, if you want to talk escalator stuff with your partner and whether you should be on it or off it or what's going to work for you, how do you bring up that conversation with a partner about defining the relationship off the escalator? I found an article on polysingleish.com. So here's just a few questions to help you, to help guide you through a conversation with a partner. It doesn't even have to be a, a love romantic partner. Like when it comes to a friendship, one of the questions to ask, like what's more important to you in this non-escalator relationship? The continued sexual chemistry you might have with your friend or the friendship that you have with them? That's a good door opener. I've got some other questions for like emotional vulnerability. Would you rather be open, honest, and fully vulnerable about your life? Or would you rather keep your relationship separated from other aspects of your private life? What about like time? Would you rather see this person once a week for an evening? Once in a month for a whole weekend? That's such a good conversation because like for me, kind of like my days off with work. I don't want them to be these sporadic moments here and there, although they're nice. I'd rather have multiple days strung together. For me, personally. Right. You want to know what you're getting into. Yeah. Well, and I mean, maybe it's my memory. <laughs> I feel like I would hold on to the memories. They'd have a bigger impact if it was for multiple days. So right. for me, I'd rather wait the whole month, but see them for a whole weekend and have this dedicated weekend to just us time. Yeah. So that's a big conversation, especially in long distance relationships. So another one that hits me sometimes is labels. Mm -hmm. Like when I asked you out, I didn't know what label to use. Right. So I asked if you wanted, did I ask if you wanted to go steady? Yeah. Yeah. So like, I didn't know how to ask you out. Right. So how do you want to be able to, to describe your relationship with another person? Uh, what kind of labels feel comfortable for you? Mm-hmm. And one of my favorites here is security. What would be the markers of commitment that have meaning for you? Which ones scare you? And these are questions to ask your partner so you can open that up, open up that dialogue. Yeah. And then, and then ultimately, there's going to be levels of growth and maturity in every relationship that you have. And so while you may have what some may call as a primary or your nesting partner, or a person you spend the majority of your time with, mm -hmm. you will potentially have more milestone markers with this person than right. you would someone that you date but don't live with. It and, doesn't make them any better. Right. Yeah. It doesn't make it any better or worse mm -hmm. or more important or less. It just means that your milestones are going to be different. Right. You're not going to marry every partner, obviously. It's illegal. <laughs> but you may end up having certain milestones in multiple relationships. Maybe you're comfortable farting with each one of yes. them. <laughs> Maybe you're comfortable sleeping no. overnight with each partner. I mean, like, and that's the thing is each partner, each relationship, each milestone is going to have its own feel and its own meaning in each scenario. Right. So, I mean, we've talked a lot about this today. What can you take away from the episode? What are, what are some things that you actually get out of it? Yeah, like maybe this is the first time you're hearing about the concept of the relationship escalator. And now you can sit down and evaluate what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. We've given you some prompts so you can open up some conversation with your partners. And you can decide if the escalator is for you or maybe not. Or which parts of the escalator work for you in each of your different relationships. Yeah, so I personally have, in the last year or so, been planning my life journey, placing myself as a priority. This allows me to decide where I'm going on my ride. So when another person comes along or another person who's already in my life, I want to share my journey with them. I have a clear direction with which I can communicate. I have a clear understanding, so I know how I want to share my existence in a way which all who are involved may also enjoy it. This way, I'm intentionally planning more in my relationships and being mindful of which milestones I create mm -hmm. and share with whom. Right, right. 
For me, I mean, I often find myself craving milestones. It might be my competitive sports history side, I don't know. But I like being able to measure things. Kind of like my weight loss, too. I need something to measure so I know that's how I know it's successful. Right. So while I don't follow the typical ideals of what makes a relationship successful, I do still shoot for creating and celebrating milestones. This episode's given me some more ideas, and I think I'd love to sit down during one of our KTT uh, kitchen table talk discussions and map out some of our future milestones for our dynamic. It's given me a lot to think about. I did get some of my resources um, from, there's a book that's out, and I read some reviews about it, and they she did a blog post about it, but there's a book called Stepping Off the Relationship Escalator, Uncommon Love and Life by Amy Garon. It's available on Amazon.com if you're interested. We can share some of the resources that we discussed in this episode in the show notes. Yeah. And as always, if you enjoy our show, please leave us a five-star rating and review and share it with your friends. The more reviews we get, the easier it is for other people to be able to find us. We want you to find us. Yeah, come find us. Come come hang with us. Wait, you already did. We want your friends to find <laughs> us. Share it with your friends so they can <laughs> hang out with us too. We want to help break down the stigma of polyamorous relationships and normalize consensual non-monogamy. And we could use your help to spread the word. Yeah. So you can find us, if you don't already, at facebook.com forward slash ilovepoly.org. On Instagram at ilovepolycares. On Twitter at I Love Polly. And we're always looking for your happy Polly moments to share on the show. So please email us your moment at podcast at ilovepolly.org. One more time, just for the people in the back, that's podcast at ilovepolly.org. Bella mentioned our Patreon earlier in the episode, and as soon as that's up and running, we'll let you know. So thank you for listening. And we love you all. Thank you for talking your poly off with Bella and Monsada. You can find our Facebook page in the links or by searching for I Love Polly and liking the page Polyamory Get Your Heart On. You can also find I Love Polly on Instagram and Twitter by searching I Love Polly Cares. If you want us to help you navigate to all of our online presence, check out the show notes or come on over to ilovepolly.org. We would love to hear from you. That's right. And you can get in touch with us by emailing podcast at ilovepoly.org. That's singular podcast, not plural. So until our next discussion, Polly and fam. Live like there's no tomorrow. Laugh until it hurts. And, and love, love without, without limits. limits.